Broadcasting from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia to around the globe. You're listening to Shark Bite Biz, your exclusive place for business strategy, sales, marketing, and tech in the roaring 20s. And now, here's your host, David Strausser. It's that time again. I'm your spectacular host, David Strausser, and welcome to another edition of Shark Bite Biz. Your place to learn how small businesses are making the pivots they deal with the current global pandemic. First off, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but we did do a press release and it's essentially everywhere. Every news site, business site you can think of. I'm talking Associated Presses, APNews.com, MarketWatch, Yahoo News, CCNPR, Newswire, and a bunch of other online journals and local media outlets. It really created quite the buzz. So if you have not seen that press release, it's got some good stuff in it. You can check it out. Go to our Facebook page. I got the link there. I'll also make sure that we include the link in the description of this episode as well, too. Man, oh man, do we have a show planned for you all today. I brought in another one of my good friends from Los Angeles, another subject matter expert in marketing. Not only is he an expert in marketing, but he's also the owner of an elite marketing agency out of LA. Back in January, we all had our marketing plans and branding plans for 2020. Then March came. (laughs) It totally disrupted everything we were planning on doing. Essentially, everything just stopped right there, dead in its track. Businesses had to shift their marketing, their branding. Companies had to shift their voice to meet the current global pandemic. So we're going to hear on the creative side of marketing what brands are doing and how they're shifting their marketing during this time period. And again, he's also a small business owner. So we're going to talk about what his business did and how he shifted his business to adopt to the changing time. Today's guest Brian Guzdorf, who is the president of Guzdorf Marketing Group, a multimedia marketing firm based in Los Angeles, California. He has over 25 years marketing experience working in various capacities and started his firm over six years ago. As president, he draws from his expansive experience helping companies discover their brand's voice and creating strategic marketing programs that seamlessly integrate their voice and unique positioning with digital content and marketing efforts. Hey, let's not wait any longer. Let's bring Brian on in here. Reach your customer. Brian, welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you here on Shark Bite Biz. Hey, David. Thank you so much for the invitation. It's great to see you. Oh, yeah. No, that that's great. So we have a tradition here. And with Shark Bite Biz, the very first thing we always ask everybody, who the heck are you? What's your background? What's your experience? Tell us about you, please. All right, I hope you have a, a full hour so I could explain. <laughs> uh, so my name is Brian Gustorf. I am the president of Gustorf Marketing Group. We are a full-service multimedia marketing agency uh, located mm-hmm. in Studio City, California. And I actually um, started my company uh, about six years ago. I used to work in corporate America for about 20 years. I wow. used to work for Jones Intercable, Comcast, Adelphia, 
So I was in the cable industry for about 10 years. And, you know, as, as you know, there were a lot of mergers going on. Oh, yeah. Everybody was gobbling up each other. And after 10 years, I thought, you know, maybe it's a good time to make a change. So I was in the cable industry. My capacity was in public relations and marketing. That, that was probably, sorry, that was probably a pretty good time to make the change. Because I think 10 years ago is probably when the cord cutting really started to catch on. Yeah, definitely. So it was great timing. So so as a marketer, we always try to reinvent ourselves. So I decided to pivot and do something different. So I actually answered a Craigslist job posting for a national oh, wow. marketing director. But the weird thing is it didn't tell me what the company was for. So okay. I ended up going to the interview and it was actually for an investment company in downtown Los Angeles. And they actually own property all over LA as well throughout the U.S. And they were in the parking business. You know, I thought that was very interesting. You know, going from the entertainment industry to parking was kind of a big shift, as you can imagine. That is, that is. I mean, it, it's kind of, it's not sexy, I guess you could say, right? Exactly. Yeah. I found out a little bit more about the opportunity and it turned out that they owned off-airport parking companies right. throughout the U.S., and so they were looking for somebody to come in and help them build their brand throughout the U.S. And it was a great opportunity for me to actually take a local marketing position and get more of a national marketing experience that I was looking for. So um, I got the job. Where positions like that, what you're talking about, that's one of those things. I think most people in business have had this. You have to take a step backwards. In your case, you went to the non-hot business in order to take three steps forward. That's really important because some people with their egos and mindsets, they just won't do it and they end up losing out on opportunities that would have been bigger. Yeah. And for me, it was actually one of the best opportunities. So I accepted the position. Um, I was vice president and marketing for marketing and sales for LNR Investment Company. And so part of what they did is they owned multiple entities. One of them is called Wally Park. And I believe you all have a Wally Park in Philadelphia. Um, there, there might be. We haven't, because of the global pandemic going on, there's a lot of things out here we just haven't been able to see now that we've settled in for a couple months. So, uh, Yeah, so off air parking is, is a big part of, of what they did. So I helped them develop their businesses from three locations nationally to 16 locations. Right. So after doing that for 10 years, again, it was time to pivot. And I decided that it was probably a good time to start my own company. So right. a few weeks ago, I just celebrated my six-year anniversary oh. with the formation of Gustorf Marketing Group. So I'm pretty excited yeah. about that. Yeah, Con congratulations. Six years. I mean, that's a huge benchmark. What's the, the saying? Like the first uh, five years is usually the toughest I, I've heard. Yeah, I think it's like the first two or three years. So the interesting thing is I left a very comfortable corporate job and basically basically kind of jumped off a cliff to find this new opportunity. So I secured office space, I hired my first employee, and I had zero clients. So it was, it was a little scary. <laughs> a little risky? <laughs> a little risky, but I knew that I couldn't fail at this. And honestly, it was probably the best decision that I ever made. 
Okay, so I, I do have a lot of good questions I want to get to, but one of the reasons that I bring subject matter experts in marketing like you onto the show is because many of them also are small business owners. And one of the areas I really like the spotlight too is, for example, your story that you just gave and some of the ups, downs, struggles that you had. So in that narrative, I'd like to ask you, when you were starting up, I mean, was there ever a point that you got to like, hey, you know what, maybe this isn't going to like, did you ever doubt the business? Or did you just go straight up to the top? Yeah, so obviously, you always kind of doubt yourself. There's that little voice. Negativity likes to creep in. And that's what people are battling against. And I think people if they can kind of hear when you get got those thoughts, how you handled it, I think that would be awesome advice to young business owners out there. Yeah, definitely. It's that little voice that talks to you all day long to, you know, Mm -hmm. tells you, you know, maybe you shouldn't do that. Uh, You know, you're going to fail. So it's turning off that little voice in the back of your head. Um, I wish I could turn my wife off. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she's my ballot. She's my conscious. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear you. So it was a very interesting time in that I had a lot of support. Uh, a lot of my family, a lot of my friends were just very supportive. One of the reasons that I decided to name my company Gustorf Marketing Group was that people knew me. They knew the quality of my work. So I didn't want to just pick some random fictitious name. I wanted to use my name because again a lot of people over 20 years that I have worked with they knew the quality of work so your name actually carried weight and that's one of the things I think a lot of business owners when they're going into business a way especially if it's a consulting agency something like that you know if your name carries weight usually it's best than to name it after yourself if you don't have the established connections like for example what you had that's where then maybe going with the generic name route might be better. Exactly. And my, my name is very unique. So people kind of remember it. So um, right, that's right. been very helpful. Yeah, that's some great input, man. Like I said, we always love the spotlight, the small business entrepreneur stories, a lot of people in small businesses, a lot of questions, and they have a lot of pain right now with this whole situation, which is why you're essentially here, because they're struggling. Everybody had a marketing plan up until mid-March, got thrown out the window and they essentially had to not just pivot and change, but dramatically pivot and change how they they do business. So how has this global pandemic really changed the marketing market and how people market? Yeah, again, so everybody kind of was taken aback by this. So people have structured marketing plans in place. And in March, everything changed. Uh, People who were used to marketing a certain way found that that no longer worked. So they needed to pivot very quickly. We saw a lot of people just, you know, put a complete uh, hold on all of their marketing efforts. Again, people were just trying to... Why would they put a complete hold on marketing effort? Just because they're trying to figure things out or... Yeah, I think there's um, people tend to panic in situations where, you know, it's it's the unknown. So, you know, if a restaurant is closing in a week and right. more customers are coming in, you know, they need to look at their expenses and see what they need to trim. Unfortunately, marketing budget is one of the first things people tend to want to cut. 
Um, but I never understood that that thinking because marketing isn't to get you sales, but it's to drive demand, awareness, things like that. Do you think that's an accurate definition? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's like building a house. You have to have a solid foundation. And marketing is really the foundation of, of any business because if people don't know what you do, what your product or service is, then people aren't going to find you. And you're going to get lost in a very competitive marketplace. So with that, then, okay, let's just say company, blah, 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 put their marketing on hold. And now that they've seen this play out, they're reacting and they're putting ads back out there in whatever form now. How has the creatives of those marketing campaigns changed? Whether it's digital format, you know, the ads that you'll see in Google AdWords, or whether it's a billboard. Board because I think the tone and attitude towards marketing has shifted a little bit too because of the situation. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you sit in front of your TV uh, in the evening and you'll notice a certain theme and a message that a lot of the you know Fortune 500 companies are utilizing in their television ads. You know, they're very emotional ads. The music is very ethereal. You know, the, the messaging is very similar. In fact, I saw a compilation of several ads where 10 different companies were using the same keywords. Everybody was kind of using that same playbook. And that has changed, you know, over the last few months. With so many companies, though, using the same playbook or same keywords, I mean, doesn't that get old? I mean, if I start seeing the same thing from all these different brands, I'm just going to think, well, this is unoriginal. It's These ads are just too somber. You know, I want to laugh. I want to be distracted. I want something I'll remember. Am I just a different consumer or? Look, I think everybody is trying to figure out what their message needs to be. And over the last few months, you know, I've seen a lot of these companies change up their messages because, again, they have to. The way consumers are buying these days has changed dramatically. We, we can no longer just go to any store now and buy something. We have to buy it online. Or if we want to go out and buy it, we have to stand in, in a long line. And people don't really want to do that. So a lot of those people are now making their purchases online. So what I found, you know, some of our clients who didn't necessarily have a really good online presence needed to pivot very quickly. So if they were putting off updating a website because they didn't have time, well, now they had to react very quickly and have an online presence now. Oh, yeah. I've seen a lot of people. In fact, a lot of the guests that have already been on this same podcast has said, you know, during the last few months with the extra time at home, stuff like that. We went through, redid everything. Like, for example, uh, Shiny, I was looking at her website and it is brand spanking new, beautiful, glorious. And she went through, re-ramped a lot of that stuff over the past few months. That's actually not just one person or two people thinking, hey, I got to revamp that. That's an actual trend right now, I think. Right. Yeah. And what I've seen, I've seen companies who used to sell certain types of products and they pivoted very quickly. A lot of companies had to do that very quickly in order to survive. Yeah, I mean, they've had to do the digital transformation almost overnight. They've had to pivot 
products. And it was out of two needs. One, because I think as a country, we needed it. But two, the company needed to produce something uh, in order to survive themselves as well, too. So it was kind of really cool to see how a lot of those companies panned out and what they did. What other types of ads are trending right now? Is there anything more effective than other that maybe wasn't a few months ago? Yeah, I think right now, you know, people are obviously very concerned about their safety. So you're seeing a lot of advertisers really promoting safety, going to their location. Um, You're seeing airlines adapting their advertising to give people reassurance that it's safe to travel. You know, Southwest Airlines, I believe, just started promoting the fact that they're leaving the middle seat open for passengers. You're seeing a lot of the auto companies are doing contactless, you know, purchasing where they will actually drive the car to your home. So in a shift to that, you know, safety is the number one priority right now. And because of that, then those companies in turn are stressing that to the consumer. Right. And they're utilizing multimedia marketing tactics, whether it's a billboard, whether it's postcard, e-blast, banner ads on their website, Facebook ads. It's all about multimedia marketing and really targeting those consumers where they are. Right, right. No, you're you're making me laugh because when you said postcard, it reminded me that when things were real bad in April and everybody was really trying to stay locked down and quarantined, I was getting postcards in the mail from uh, Jehovah Witnesses. So instead of door knocking, they were doing letter writing and mailing it out to people. So it, it's really true how you're saying about people shift. And that's a religious organization. They shifted the handwriting letters. Right. So that pretty cool. But isn't there a risk with how much more people are online? They're seeing a lot more ads. I think most companies probably ramped up their digital advertising. Isn't there a risk that, hey, just too much ads, it's kind of getting blurred out a little bit more than it was a few months ago? Well, the beauty with digital marketing is you can really target, segment a specific demographic, you know, and then that's what a lot of people do with Facebook advertising. You can zero in on a specific community within a two mile radius of your location, individuals with a certain income level, demographic. So you can really pinpoint who your demographic is. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I was just thinking too, like with Vision 33, one thing that we end up doing here is we'll do like geo-targeting. Right. For example, so if there's a business park, we just transformed a client digitally. We want to make sure all those neighbors know. <laughs> so we geo-target that because all likelihood, I mean, you get little parks where it's like, hey, this is pretty much all distributors or manufacturers. And it usually gives us some pretty good results. So let's go back a second where we were just talking a few minutes ago about companies that were slashing their budgets in marketing and and areas like that. You definitely think that's probably not the right thing for most companies. I mean, if you're facing shutdowns and stuff like that, that's one thing. But say, you know, you're an online e-commerce store. Should you be ramping that stuff up? Yeah, I think, again, it it varies for Mm -hmm. different industries. You should continue to market in a way that will generate some form of sales quickly. And the business owner, if they have reserves set up, which you know a lot of companies plan for situations like these. 
where right. business uh, tends to be cyclic seasonal. So a lot of companies should have an emergency plan, but if you're going to stop marketing completely, you know, obviously that's going to affect your bottom line and your revenue. So again, I think it's yeah. important for each individual business to really look at what they need to do in order to survive. To survive is first. You have to make sure that you're able to survive, right. but you got to make sure you're also not going to be shooting yourself in the foot. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I know a lot of companies that are, they're doing their ad advertising themselves. Sure. They maybe get a designer to do the creatives and they manage itself because I, I guess you could say the advertising world is a little bit more friendlier with technology to be able to buy digital billboards with a few clicks and everything. What type of advantages do businesses get when they hire an agency like yours? Sure. So what we've seen um, in the last few months is a lot of these large companies are unfortunately having to lay off or furlough entire mm -hmm. departments. So what we're seeing is, you know, they still have to continue with projects. So people are contacting companies like ourselves where they would contract out for a project. Right. So, so you view yourself like an extension of their team, essentially? Yeah, definitely. So we are, again, a multimedia marketing agency. We are the outsourced marketing department. So so, you know, if a company's going to hire, say, a marketing manager, rather than utilizing that annual budget for one individual, they would allocate that budget to an agency like ourselves. So us, we have a team of people. We have people who, you know, are experts at video marketing, develop websites, right. who do online marketing. So they kind of get three people instead of one person. So right, that's right, right. very beneficial to companies today because again, you know, they have limited budgets. So again, we help companies who don't necessarily have a marketing person in their organization. We also help companies who have large marketing departments and they may have, you know, additional projects that they just need to ramp up. So they need, they need it done quickly. And that's kind of what we do. We adapt very well. We're quick, responsive, and oftentimes a lot cheaper for the quality of our work is on par to a lot of the big agencies for the fraction of the price. Right, right. No, that's great. So how did your company digitally transform and what kind of pivots did you all make because of the global pandemic? Yeah, I mean, again, so this has affected pretty much every industry. Yeah. A lot of our clients, you know, are travel related, parking related, event related. So for myself, you know, a lot of these industries were affected. My clients were affected. So, you know, a lot of them halted marketing. A lot right. of them, fortunately, have come back. I'm looking at pivoting to other industries as well, industries that may be doing better. A lot of restaurants you see in businesses have now needed to create signage for their location. Oh, yeah banners saying that we're, you know, we're open now. So we're doing stickers that say, please stand here. Exactly. <laughs> so we're doing yeah. a lot of that kind of signage right now. We're doing a lot of websites. Real estate, surprisingly, is, is booming right now. Um, yeah, I've seen that. I've had some real estate people that, that I've been talking to to bring onto the show just yeah. because of that reason. That, I found that to be really surprising. And I don't know, uh, just speculating, maybe it's because of how interest rates are. Yeah, but it, it's a, a part of it. It's historic lows right now. They're 
going under 3% for a 30-year loan. So, and there may be people that got laid off or the business closed down that they're in a bad spot and they have to sell the house or the business. So I guess it is a buyer's market in, in, in those terms. A lot of good deals that are happening. Seeing just in talking with some real estate friends in Los Angeles and in other big markets, you're going to see a trend of people leaving big cities for smaller country towns. So that's going to be something I think with within the next year or two, you're going to see kind of an exodus from the big cities mm. just because people now are working from the comfort of their home. And so now they have a, yep. the flexibility not to have to live in a very expensive city and can now live pretty much wherever they have a Wi-Fi connection. Does your agency offer work from home? Oh yeah, definitely. The, the beauty of what I do and you know, a lot of big agencies that have four story offices, um, you know, over a hundred employees who use to have ping pong tables and um, <laughs> just all of these cool things inside their offices. I think a lot of those agencies are finding it difficult now because right. again, those offices are empty and so now their employees are working from home. So we're seeing a lot of those big agencies downsizing and getting out of their very expensive Leases. Yeah, leases. Yeah. Do you think work from home is going to be here permanently now as a trend? Or you think this is only for this moment? I think this has showed us that so much work and people can be so much productive. Yeah, definitely. This has opened the door for that. You know, this is kind of an experiment that shows that working from home works. It can work. And, you know, my opinion on it. So I'm lucky enough to be at Vision 33. I've always been work from home five years with them. Even when I was living out in L.A. for four years, our office was in Irvine. I was still work from home. I'd go there, you know, maybe once a quarter, but I'd be work from home. And the way that I look about it with my whole team is that at this level where we're at, if you can't be trusted to produce and do your work on your own, you do not belong on my team then. You're not a fit for how we are. I don't like hand-holding. And you have to produce at a certain level once you get to, to you know, so high on the pole. Exactly. I think that I almost feel like people feel like they need to overcompensate and do more just to prove that they are getting their work done. So, you know, for six years, again, since I started my business, I've worked with people all over the globe. Mm -hmm. The people I work with, you know, are in London, in Paris, in Australia. So the mm -hmm. talent that I have isn't dictated by how close you are to the office. Right. And so that has been very beneficial for me as a business owner, but as well as the quality of work that we produce for our clients. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that sounds great. I, remote working, whether it's from home or whether it's across the world, I definitely think for most industries, it's here to stay. But even if they do go back to their offices, I think a lot of employees are going to have at least some more flexibility. I think it's a yeah. good perk to keep around. You know, I have a great office here in Studio City. I also believe that having that in office, in office meetings mm -hmm. is very beneficial. It allows you to build relationships between the yeah. employees so that way they can work together. You do need some of that. Right. So I think there's 
see a lot more flexible work schedule. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. I love the word flexible. So I have two final questions for you. The first one, as we close this out, we went through a lot of different topics talking from your background and your experience from marketing during and through a global pandemic to also talking about how your business has been handling things during these times. In the marketing side of things, though, what words of advice do you have for small business owners out there that are struggling to maybe their business isn't actually struggling, struggling, but like it's going to close struggling, but they're struggling to reach their clients or prospects and get them buying from them again. Yeah, I think that most companies should have some kind of marketing plan in place. Mm -hmm. You need to pull that marketing plan out. You need to adjust it accordingly. Maybe, you know, companies used to advertise on, you know, multiple platforms, whether it's doing digital web banner ads or outdoor billboard. I think that what they need to do is maybe reallocate some of those budgets and line items to maybe something that is a little more inexpensive and maybe more effective, such as email marketing is very effective and very inexpensive. You, you think email marketing is even in during days, today's time where everybody's being inundated with a million emails because they're working remotely because email usage, since you're not in the office, it has increased for a lot of people. You still think email marketing is effective? Oh yeah, definitely. I think again, okay. it's, it's having a really good database right. and very targeted and maybe even segmenting your database even more rather than sending out a general general mass email, maybe identify a certain industry within your database and speak to them about what issues they may have and how your company can help. So when you send out the email, what I'm hearing is not that you shouldn't send out like an ad or a promotion, but more be focused on the content that would be focused upon this niche group of clients that you have. Exactly. So say you are That's great advice. A, a data, an e-blast, um, and you want to target, say, plumbers. Maybe you want to have the correct keywords and messages that resonate within that industry. If you want to target people who are looking to purchase a certain type of vehicle, you really want to hone in on the specifics. Right. That's great. That's really good information, and I hope that helps a lot of business owners out there, managers, directors, whoever's struggling to reach their clients right now. So the very, very, very last question I have for you is, I don't know, it's been about a year and a half maybe since I last saw you. And you've got a little bit of the the longer quarantine hair. If I remember correctly, it's usually a little shorter, right? Yep, it is. Did anybody tell you that you look exactly like Mark Cuban? Oh, I get that very often. (laughs) (laughs) I, I swear, I'm sitting here looking at you and I'm going... That looks like Mark Cuban. Yeah, I knew Mark Cuban's money, but... Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe your image like this will get us more clicks yeah. on the video. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> hey, Brian, I want to thank you so much for coming on. You gave us, like I said, a lot of good info from the three main topics that we covered today. And definitely looking forward to get you back on by the end of the year. 
Great. Well, thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. And best of luck to you as well. Yep. Thank you. Bye. Awesome interview with Brian, right? I mean, that was a really good discussion talking about how marketing has changed. The creatives that companies are using have totally morphed. Like Brian said, the music, the image, the look and feel of many of the ads that you're out there seeing right now, the brands, the images, the creatives of Fortune 500 companies, they're a little bit more somber. The music, I mean, it's all the same. They're kind of essentially copying each other and all using around the same features. Extremely similar in appearance. Marketing is extremely important. It is your key to help generate sales very quickly. Look, if you're struggling to keep the lights on, yeah, you should probably cut down your marketing budget. But if you aren't, if you have some flexibility, you should probably shift some extra money into that marketing department so that you can help create a larger demand now of your product or your services. I mean, really think about it. I love talking with Brian just for his take as a business owner also. I think one of the biggest pieces of advice he gave us was about the small voice in the back of your head bringing negativity. Getting rid of that doubt is key in order to be successful. If you have that negativity in your brain saying you can't, you won't, you shouldn't, Yes, being a business owner is going to be very tough. Everybody has it. You just have to learn when to selectively ignore that little voice. He did also have some really interesting takes about the work from home situation and how his business is handling it. It's really interesting to see how he feels. Some employees produce more now since they're working from home than just a few months ago when they were working in the office. It's almost like they're producing more just to raise their hand. Hey, I'm here. See, I'm working. I'm doing good. And that's kind of cool. I think a lot of employees generally, they enjoy working from home. So once again, this was a great conversation today. What do you think about marketing? How did you change your brand, your image, your creatives during this time period, the last five or six months? Leave a comment down below and let's get that conversation started. If you like this episode, please remember to subscribe to the channel as we strive to bring you some of the best experts out there in the field. If you really like the episode, you could do me a solid. Make sure that you share this so that we can get the word out about the Shark Bite Biz podcast and educate as many people as we can. So thank you all again for listening. Once again, I'm David Strausser, the host of Shark Bite Biz, and we'll see you all next episode. Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Biz. We hope you got some insightful info from this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and visit us on the web at www.sharkbitebiz.com. How has business changed for you in the 20s? Email us at podcast at sharkbitebiz.com so you can join us and share your story.